welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Is there really a vast treasure buried on Oak Island off the coast of Nova Scotia? If so, could it really have been brought there from Europe by medieval knights? How many people have died trying to find it? Well, Ben is here, but he's uh, off, we'll just say he's doing the producer thing. So uh, welcome to the 800th broadcast of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Today we welcome a new guest on a subject we've never covered in our 11 years on, or so on the air. Uh, we invite your questions by phone, and it's 401-766-1240 from anywhere. Or email paul at behindtheparanormal.com or contact us by Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And before we introduce our guest, I just wanted to give a shout-out to our casting producer, uh, Lori Greer, whose birthday is today. And uh, she's a very, very old friend of mine in the sense of, of long, well, I guess, long-standing, not age. Uh, and anyway, uh, happy birthday uh, to Lori. Uh, does a great job with our show. So Maddie Blake is an actor, host, and writer. He, talk, he hosts the talk show Drilling Down, which accompanies the series The Curse of Oak Island on the History Channel. Maddie's credits also include the David Cross film Hits, Alpha House, Boardwalk Empire, How to Make It in America, and 30 Rock. He's appeared on Comedy Central, VH1, G4, ESPN, and many more. Uh, he starred in over 20 national network commercials and has a successful career in voiceover. As a writer and host, Maddie has been nominated for a Webby Award as well as a Sports Emmy for his work with NBC Sports. Maddie Blake, welcome to Behind the Paranormal at last. Honored to be here on a special show, too, an anniversary show. Yeah, it's hard to time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> so, Maddie, please, uh, let's get right into Please give us the Oak Island story as briefly as you can. And when I said 25 words or less, I was kidding. Oh, <laughs> well, I've got it pretty locked down, Paul. So, okay. Uh, because I do this all the time at parties and, right. and uh, a million interviews. Uh, there's an island off the coast of Nova Scotia in the North Atlantic. It's about a mile wide and a mile long. And since about 1795, nobody knows who, nobody knows why, and nobody knows when exactly, but somebody built some sort of chambered underground vault system beneath Oak Island. And for over 220 years, people have been trying to figure out what is buried under Oak Island. Okay. All right. Uh, actually, I'm going to uh, go ahead and, and keep talking. Yeah, I'm sure. going to try to see uh, if we can get the cameras going. Sure, absolutely. Uh, producer and host. You're multi-talented, Paul. So, yes, yeah, so basically um, the mystery basically started in 1795. Um, a fellow by the last name of McGinnis saw some anomalous lights on the island, which had long been rumored to have strange things happen on it in terms of pirates and maybe potential buried treasure. So you can imagine a kid in a boat seeing weird lights on this strange island, and they race over to the boat, and they find a depression in the ground and uh, what looks like the end of a hook on a, on a rope, and like somebody had just been digging. They start digging, and every 10 feet they hit a clearly man-made wooden platform, exactly every 10 feet. And they find some strange things on some of the platforms, uh, culminating eventually, long story short, after they formed a company to dig, because uh, they could only go so far, they find what's now called the 90-foot stone, which was a strange stone at 90 feet with strange hieroglyphic-type writing on it. At that point, when they tried to go deeper, the hole, the pit they had dug, flooded with ocean water, which makes no sense because it was inland. So clearly booby-trapped somehow, some sort of connection to the ocean. And that basically started what we call, you know, kind of the modern uh, search for treasure on Oak Island. That was over 220 years ago in 1795. Wow. 
how deep is the hole now? Well, uh, we, well, th that's part of the problem is nobody can find the original money pit, which is yeah. a huge part of what these brothers are trying to do because a lot of the records over the years weren't kept properly. And then there was a fellow named Dunfield who dug there in the 60s who kind of just took the approach of like, look, I'm sick of this. I'm going to use modern equipment back then in the 60s. And he just bulldozed that whole area, mm. dug a 100 wide by 100 foot pit, you know, a deep pit. And so since that time, it's been very hard to try to find where the exact original money pit was. But the brothers have found things at depth of up to 190 feet. Now, do they call it the money pit because of the money that's been poured into it or the money they expect to get out of it? That is the great question, Paul, and it's a double meaning, I think. I think originally it was the, probably the money pit because, you know, the treasure pit, if you will. But it's clearly been the money pit. Guys have spent their entire life fortunes trying to find out what's under there. And do we really know how old it is? We don't. Um, we don't. We just, there have been theories, and then the theories have kind of, the timeline of the theories range from the Knights Templar that you mentioned in the intro, which sounds outlandish, and then you can go, you know, a fellow named Fred Nolan believed it was some sort of British military operation. This team has found evidence of that. But when you start to laugh at the Knights Templar thing, it seems incredible until you realize that this team found a cross, a Templar cross that is dated to the Middle Ages on Oak Island. So now whether someone was carrying that and dropped it or whether it was a Knights Templar reaching the shores of North America long before we, our history tells us it happened, then that may be the case. But it's just kind of funny when you have a floating rumor like that, Knights Templar, Knights mm. Templar, and then they find something that actually dates to that time, it moves the timeline back. It does. Uh, I think we should put things in context, maybe, uh, when it comes to global history, because there is serious evidence that there was global trade of a sort in prehistoric times, never mind the Middle Ages. And all, uh, the, the Vikings knew all you had to do was island hop from Scandinavia to Iceland to Greenland to Canada, and there you had it. And uh, obviously, uh, this is a fact, uh, Viking settlements have been found. As a matter of fact, Viking settlements in Greenland have uh, coal that only comes, for as far this is the last information I have, that only comes from a former coal mine on Aquidneck Island wow. here in Rhode Island. Wow. All right? Wow. And uh, Jan Christian Raffin, the Danish uh, archaeologist, uh, found that, and it's, I haven't seen anything to disprove it. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of give and take, uh, and uh, th th this, of course, gets into the whole linear sense of history, that we were we started out, you know, grunting in caves, and we yeah. got to the sort of the geniuses we are today in a straight line. Well, that's apparently not true. History is cyclical. So there was probably global trade at that time. It yeah. wasn't that difficult, et cetera, et cetera. So it's very possible that the Oak Island situation goes way, way, way back. Uh, the Knights Templar, of course, were uh, supposed to be a religious order uh, that uh, was uh, supposed to guard the um, uh, routes, the pilgrimage routes from Europe to Jerusalem and the Holy Land. And uh, what they were really up to is another question. Uh, many people believe they were after the uh, the treasure of King Solomon, supposedly was was buried under the temple in Jerusalem, and uh, a lot of you know, tunnels and caves exist under there, but it's now the home of the Dome of the Rock, and the Muslims don't let anybody go underneath it to do that. So nobody really knows. But uh, something apparently is buried. So tell us about some of the artifacts that have been found over the years. Oh, they've, this team, yeah, this team has found 
hundreds, literally, especially since they brought in a fellow named Gary Drayton. And if you watch the show, he's been like a bolt of lightning yeah, on yeah. the show. He's just amazing. Um, all kinds of surface finds, some semi-precious jewels and stones. Um, and what, to me, probably one of the most significant is what we used to point to when I first started working on the show was the chapel vault and the fact that they pulled up a little piece of almost you know, uh, parchment paper with some writing on it, which... And back when we first started working on the show was a, considered a huge find. You know, what is parchment paper doing at depth on the island? Since that time, uh, this team has found several pieces of parchment paper, which has been dated very, very old, um, and also pieces of what seem to be, according to several experts, leather book binding from an ancient and, quote-unquote, important manuscript. So what is, you know, parchment paper with writing on it and a potential leather binding of an important document doing at 160 to 190 feet underground in North America. It's, that to me is very exciting. And I've, I've actually, uh, I should, probably shouldn't bury the lead, but I've actually come to believe I don't really even think about temporal treasure anymore, um, gold, coins. That, that doesn't excite me. I have come to believe what I believe Rick Lagina, one of the stars of the show, believes that it was something much more spiritually or culturally important that was buried there because to me you don't do these massive works if you're just burying coins uh, what would be the reason for, first of all what do the documents say and what would be the reason for this spiritual treasure well I mean it could range from one of the rumors was again kind of an outlandish on the surface of it when you look at the story of Oak Island was maybe it's the lost works of William Shakespeare a lot of people believe in Sir Francis Bacon had this had, had hid things using almost the exact same procedures that seemed to be on Oak Island and wrote about it, his Rosicrucian knowledge, um, and and that could be the works of William Shakespeare that he actually didn't write it, that Francis Bacon did. And you see, again, that sounds like the stuff out of a fantasy novel, but when you find parchment and leather book bindings deep underground, you kind of go, wait a second. Yeah. Um, the other thing could be the Knights Templar, as you mentioned, were rumored to not only be seeking some important religious artifacts, but they might have been the guardians of such i.e. the chalice of Christ, uh, possibly the Ark of the Covenant itself. I know that sounds unbelievable, um, but when you start finding Templar crosses and parchment and leather bookbinding underground, one of the pieces of wood is dyed this purple that one expert said was only used in very rare, very special manuscripts a mm. very long time ago. So that is just really exciting to me even though people say oh it's just a little piece of wood I'm like no no the history of this stuff that they're pulling up is just breathtaking to me Uh, what kind of engineering technology are we looking at here that that's that's a major component of the show you know the show has I I don't need to sell the show it's the number one show on cable uh, non-scripted with a bullet it's doing and my wife even likes it and she doesn't (laughs) like anything (laughs) but that's part of the beauty of the show it's it's many things it's a show about family it's a show about faith and it's also become a show about engineering people who are into engineering and math love this show teachers contact me all the time and they use it in their classrooms Um, and so to answer your question engineering is a huge aspect of the show. They, a couple seasons ago, they brought in a huge uh, casing oscillator, a case oscillator, which is usually used to dig deep underground structures uh, that need to be based underground, like bridges that go over water. These huge things that use the teeth and they grind these big caissons into the ground hundreds of feet deep. They've actually, the team has learned over the years to kind of 
commandeer this stuff that's not made for treasure hunting and use it to that application. It's really fascinating to watch. And they're, they're learning as they go. This season when we took at the end, I don't know if anyone listening saw my final special, but we, we found the anomaly under the swamp. And we, it looks like a ship. Well, that whole process of using sonar drilling, basically, in the swamp had really never been done before. That's not They don't use sonar drilling to d- dig for treasure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. uh, seismic, uh, seismic shock waves to look for treasure. So they're learning as they go. It's really cool to huh. watch. Yeah. Well, so l- l- let's, well, I remember we had a, uh, someone came in over Facebook the other day. Mm-hmm. And a person saying, well, you know, uh, they, they, you know, they actually ever found anything and give us a, a, a list if you can of things. That, and you responded very, yeah. very uh, graciously that uh, you could take, you know, there's, there's no room for such a list. There's so many things that have been found. And you sent a picture, which we will put on on our um, uh, talking points page for this show, that had, you know, a whole line and you're sitting yeah. there with the two guys, a whole line yeah. of stuff that had been found. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I'm trying to get a handle on whether these things were put there deliberately or dropped out of people's pockets, or, or do you know? And, and what has been carbon dated, and how far back did it go? Okay, uh, there's a lot there. First, let me say about people who, who say that. Um, when they say, you know, nothing's been found, when are they going to find something? I get that all the time. And, and to me, it indicates that that person either casually watches the show or has one goal in mind, and that's it, and that's treasure. Yes. So if you are watching for the show for them to pull up a chest of treasure, pirate booty, if you will, mm-hmm. yes, they haven't found that. They haven't found a mother load of treasure. Um, but to say they haven't found anything to me, it just doesn't. It's just factually incorrect. So I always try to gently and kindly say, well, they found hundreds of artifacts, which keep moving the timeline back. So on that picture, Paul, when we're sitting at the table with all the finds. In that drilling down special, Marty actually pointedly looks at me at one point and says, uh, "What do you think, Matty Blake?" And in that moment, I just it just hit me. And on one end of the table is a Templar cross, so you're talking potentially 12th century, 13th century, right? On the other end of the table is a, you know, 17th century or maybe it was 18th century piece of pottery that we found around one of the homesteads, you know, one of the old where someone lived and was farming near the Ball Foundation. So you've got 1300s <laughs> to, you know, 16th, 17th century on both ends of the table. And it just struck me, and I said, you know what I think? I think everyone down this end of the table came here to try to find what these people on this end of the table might have left here. Hmm. That, to me, makes a lot of sense. Okay, I'm going to uh, vacate the producer's seat here. <laughs> the producer's back! Man, I think I pushed the right buttons. That's you did. I think done. we are streaming. Wow. <laughs> okay, it only took you 10 years. <laughs> 11. Sound like Gandhi. God gave you 10 thumbs. 11. So. Yes, exactly. All right. So uh, we're talking about Oak Island, of course, and uh, there is a very uh, tantalizing little tidbit that you dropped when you uh, came to the studio this morning, Matt, and it was uh, that paranormal events have been going on at Oak Island and that you can now talk about them. Yeah, we uh, did a one-hour special Last year, uh, if you missed it, I think you can search on your on-demand, on your cable system. It's probably online also. Just look for Matty Blake Drilling Down Paranormal Special. For what I pay for cable, it better be. (laughs) Exactly right. Um, It's called, I I think the actual name of the episode is um, Investigating the Curse. Like we literally are looking into, is there a curse of Oak Island, or we just call the show that. That was kind of the conceit of the show. And we detail, you cannot tell the Oak Island story, in my opinion, without talking about 
the more ethereal aspects of the island, the paranormal aspects of the island, because they're just factually there. Now, whether you believe in that stuff or not is another question, but people are reporting this stuff, and they've gone through these things. Mm. Everything from seeing a black mass floating up around 10X area, um, people getting bad, bad feelings on the island, equipment failing left and right, clearly some sort of, at least if it's not paranormal, it's an electromagnetic interference of some kind. We've had, and I've seen it with my own eyes, time after time, guys come and they say some form of, uh, well, this equipment can't fail. We have backup to the backup to the backup. Can't fail. It's never failed. I've been in all over the world. It doesn't fail. Boom! Shuts off on cue, and they mm-hmm. and they go. I don't know. What to, I've never seen this. You know, time and time. Uh, Dave Blankenship, one of the stars of the show, admitted to me on my first drilling down, first season of drilling down. And this is on this is on YouTube. Um, said he saw a quote unquote ball of fire, a UFO experience, come right across the island, slowly across the water, and he got a call from his father's friend who said, "The island's on fire. You got to rush over there." He rushed over from the mainland. I interviewed him about it. We went to the spot that it happened. He said it took me no more than two minutes to get to the island. This bright ball of light approached the island, looked like the whole island lit up on fire. By the time he crossed the causeway and got on the island, gone, nothing, trace of nothing. Um, so, you know, Marty Lagina, the number one skeptic probably on the show who's being converted uh, as far as his belief of what's going on the island, had a very negative experience on the island where he he is reticent to talk about it but I got him to talk about it on my drilling down special and he, him and his brother went out on the island at night and the brother said I bet you Mr. Mr. Skeptic you can't stay here by yourself and he said alright let's do it Rick started walking along alone leaving Marty with the truck he got about thousand yards maybe and the truck came screaming by him with Marty in it speeding back to get to the mainland and I asked Marty what Happened. He said, I don't know. I just had a very bad feeling here. Some sort of scream. Could have been an animal, admittedly, but he just felt the. He said, I felt very unsafe. So, mm. okay. you know, it's just. And, 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 and there's more. There's uh, this fellow named Kaiser who worked for Robert Dunfield, I believe, in the 60s. Uh, he was a tough guy by all reports, a brawler in, in town. No one messed with him. He had an experience where he felt a entity pinned him down, almost like a, a concubine, succubine type of thing, pinned him down, and in no uncertain terms, let him know, leave the island now. And when he woke up, he had claw marks, or not woke up, when he got up from bed, he had claw marks on his chest. He never set foot on the island again. Interesting. So are there any any Native American legends about the place that would kind of coincide with all of this? Yes, all kinds. Uh, Mi'kmaq Indians, like so that they were very active in that area, and there's all kinds of theories about their involvement um, perhaps perhaps uh, it could be you could make an argument that maybe they were there and it's and there's a uh, maybe part of the curse of Oak Island might involve that um, mm. but there's you can't prove that obviously but they were they were active in that area no doubt well you uh, your psychic powers must be at their prime today because you um, led right into my next question what is the curse of Oak Island so the first, we, we researched this for the special, and the first kind of public mention of it that we could definitively find came in, I believe, I want to say 1967 in a magazine, uh, and it mentions a local woman saying there's a curse of Oak Island that we've all orally known about uh, in this area, and it says that seven must die before the island reveals its true secrets, uh, and up to this date, 
six have died in active pursuit of the treasure. In yeah. active pursuit of the treasure. So Since the 1800s. Yes. If okay. someone passes away who who works on the show or is involved with the show or is involved with Oak Island, that's not what the curse is ref- referring to. It's six. It's, it's seven people who would be actively, while searching for treasure on Oak Island, pass away due to that. Okay. If you follow. Now, as I mentioned before the show, Ben and I have a lot of family up there because my, my grandmother came from Shelburne, Nova Scotia, yeah. not, not too far south of that. Shag Harbor and all this with mm-hmm. the uh, Canada's Roswell, more or less, yeah, the UFO incidents in the, the 60s. Uh, the area is hot, pretty much paranormally speaking. And this would seem to be maybe part of that. Now, we've never been to Oak Island as such. Uh, but would you say that maybe the Oak Island situation is part of what we would call a flap area. Now, there were, were, you, were you to look uh, in the neighboring areas, like within 10 miles away, would you see, do you, and this is just speculation, I mean, you can't really answer, but uh, w- w- would you expect to see uh, more strange happenings, ghosts, UFOs, things of this kind, uh, of the, uh, you know, do you think it, it might possibly be a flap area from all the stories Things of this kind. And I know, again, that's pure speculation. No, I'm, I'm realizing this now as you ask the question. So you've got Shag Harbor, Harbor not too far. You, you've got Blankenship's, really, it's an unidentified floating object at least. Sure. Hovering object. Um, you've got tales of black masses. You've got uh, paranormal activity like that uh, incident I described with Kaiser being driven from the island uh, and there's a few of those by the way and now I'll add to the list Bigfoot because mm-hmm. <laughs> not on Oak Island but right around there I had a crew member um, tell me that he had a Bigfoot experience he actually came on my podcast and talked about it um, he was driving to work to the island one morning early morning and saw a bipedal large creature crossing the highway and this is in and around Oak Island it's, it's, it's the Christmas tree capital of the world it's just Trees. It's where we get our Christmas trees from up there, and okay. it's just deep, deep forest, and it's like a two-lane highway going down the middle of forest, and so if you know, perfect Squatch country. So mm. I wouldn't necessarily Squatch tie yeah. Sasquatch or Bigfoot to Oak Island. I would never make because Island's only uh, 140 acres. It's, there's no Bigfoot on Oak Island, um, but it happened right outside of it on his yeah. way to work. This sighting. So. Yeah, it might be. And, and then the electromagnetic anomalies, all the weird stuff that happens um, mm-hmm. with equipment just constantly. Yeah, I think it might be some sort of hot spot or flap area. Or Okay. It's funny because Victoria from Nebraska wants to know about Bigfoot. Ah, so, <laughs> there you so go. There we are. There you go. Right. Really, your, your sixth sense really is like kicking in. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, we, I might be accidentally the first person to ever uh, kind of even mentioned Bigfoot in terms of, again, not 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 in terms of the island itself, but right. I mean, this happened within a mile, probably, of the island, or two miles, three miles of the island. So mm-hmm. with a crew member. So you know, first mention I've ever heard of it. Yeah, I think the the temptation for for us in the field is to kind of separate out experiences. But much like the human body, nothing is really compartmentalized. It's like you can take like a Tylenol, you know, for your headache, but it also kills your liver at the same time. Yeah. Every, everything kind of affects everything else. No free lunch area. in nature, as they say. No, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so I think that's kind of the ten- the tendency that we kind of fall into. But then when you kind of put the pieces together, it's like yeah. a oh wow, there's a lot more going on here than we, yeah. than we realized at first, and well, maybe beyond. The question arises: What connection would there be between the physical site? And the, the the pit and, and the whole business uh, and anything that would be quote unquote paranormal. Yeah. 
and uh, is it a coincidence? In my experience, there is no such thing. Yeah. And uh, that would be a question that might be uh, worth uh, looking into at, at some point, you know. And, and this is, oh, sorry, this is something that I, I hesitate to talk about, but it's a paranormal show and <laughs> that we're yeah. on right now, so I, I, this is the place I can talk about it. Like, I've always felt a connection or a calling to my role, you know, not that I have any sort of significant role in terms of the treasure hunt, but it's like, I, I would put it this way, I've always felt destined, that, you know, I should be here, I, I knew I was mm-hmm. going to get this gig, and I beat out some peop- names, you know, I just felt, I just never yeah. had a doubt, that. I, and then you look at Rick Lagina, I mean, look at him, he, if you were going to yeah, cast I mean, a Knights I mean, Templar Knight in a movie, for those who are uh, right? watching, uh, and, and Marty he actually looks like, <laughs> you know, uh, he just looks uh, like wrong a t- camera, ben. Templar Knight. Um, <laughs> and there are some historical figures. Uh, yeah. It just seems, it's just there's so many um, unexplainable feelings and things that happen that you could never quantify on a piece of paper and have a yeah. skeptic go, oh, well, yeah, that's true, but it's just, I, I know, I know yeah, what I you hear. know. You know I what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, looking at the historical standpoint, have you ever found, or has anyone ever found, uh, and uh, not to my knowledge they haven't, but from Templar history, for, or from any uh, point at the other end, from European history, has anybody found any mention of anything that would indicate movement of something important from Europe to America in those times? And as a matter of fact, we're, we're going to, I'll, I'll let you... Uh, Proboscolate on that question. Ooh, great word. <laughs> okay. That's a uh, because we have a uh, break coming up. Anyway, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WOON, 12:40 a.m. and 99.3 FM in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. And our wonderful guest today, Maddie Blake from the History Channel. And we will be right back. Hi, this is Don Brunell inviting you to join us on the Midday Show from noon to 2 every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday with the Super Quiz, great oldies, and interesting guests. That's Midday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday from noon to 2. Okay, well, Don isn't the only one of those interesting guests. Uh, we're back behind the paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno here on WON AM and FM. And we have our amazing guest today, Maddie Blake, who is um, right here in the studio. It's a great privilege to have him. He lives right here in Rhode Island, where we live, and uh, it's very convenient that way. So Maddie is uh, the host of Drilling Down. It's the after show to The Curse of Oak Island on the History Channel, and we're having a great conversation, stuff I've never heard before oh, great. about these issues. Great. Okay. So, uh, Ben, you had a question, did you? Or, uh, or you were just signaling me to uh, <laughs> in the panic button? Or yeah, I was, I, was pre- I, was, I was pressing the panic button really quickly. Okay. No, it's to our, our, our station manager we did not press the panic button okay we definitely did not right. um, but actually before the break we were asking the question uh, is there from the other end of the mm. sort, sort of the, the, the route here from Europe mm. has there been any indication of uh, historically something moving to America or Canada in this case and being buried in the ground there at Oak Island yeah there's there's a researcher there's there's a few researchers but one that I would highlight is Zena Halper and she passed away recently she had a really close connection with Rick Lagina she did a lot of research on the Templars and I would encourage you to look up Zena's work um, in terms of that um, you know there's a map that she presented to the team which could potentially um, be a map of Oak Island with a with a kind of X marks a spot on it, if you will, being okay. Oak Island. Yeah. Um, there's another really amazing connection between Oak Island and this Knights Templar thing. The cross that Rick found with Gary Drayton. 
uh, Gary Drayton found it with his metal detector and handed it to Rick in the now iconic scene on, at Smith's Cove. They found this cross, which says, yes, dated to Middle Ages, around the time of the Knights Templar. Um, Rick had gone to France to a and toured a part of France where Knights Templar were held prisoners. And carved on they, the Knights Templar, while they're held there, carved all kinds of things on the walls. Almost like a Christian graffiti, if you will. Mm. And one of them was a cross that is identical in the wall, carved into the one they found on Oak Island. It's really eerie. And and Rick had just come back from that trip, or not just, but had come back from that trip when he found the cross. And it's the first thing that struck him. He said, "This reminds me. I've seen this somewhere before. I've seen this somewhere before." I mean, again, it's like a novel. You know, yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. real. And he saw this on the dome, carved in the rock in Dome, France, where the Templar prison was. So that's another connection, you know, again, not definitive where it proves anything, but it's like, well, he found the same exact shaped cross carved into a wall where the Templars were held prisoner, and then you find a lead cross on Oak Island. It's really phenomenal. Well, the, the point may, may be made that how, how many ways can you make a cross? But there are quite a few True. ways, actually. I'll show you a side-by-side. I mean, you, sure. could, you, you could say, you know, it, it's, it seems to be a crooked cross. You can almost see feet and hands. Uh, the, the top of it is pointed to the left um, I guess it would be the right if you were hanging on the cross. You know, it's, it's curved a certain way. It, it looks very similar. Mm. Uh, Richard from Exeter, England, wants to know about men in black. Have you had any incidents of people, strange people harassing you with the site? That's a great question. I have had nothing like that other than... Not even the Mounties, huh? Strange feelings <laughs> on the island. Uh, I've had a couple weird things happen to me, um, some of which I don't talk about because it involves family stuff with, you know, kind of sure. more spiritual people have passed on, things like that. But um, I did have a really, it wasn't Men in Black and it wasn't High Strangeness, but my first time shooting on the island, uh, the date had changed a bunch of times. So we weren't even supposed to be there on that day. It kept getting moved. As you know, TV production oh, yeah, gets yeah. moved and moved and moved. Yeah. Uh, so finally and then we, be, be there in five hours. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So long story short, we finally are shooting. And then we're not shooting. We were supposed to be shooting on day one. That changed too. So we're about to start filming, and none of the equipment's working. The camera's not working. It's being funky. And all of a sudden, uh, one of my producers goes, what's the date today? And we said, it's August, I believe, I want to say 20, uh, I should know this date, August 20-something, 5th or 8th. And he goes, oh, my God, look. And we're standing at the site of the Restall tragedy where people died. And it was the 50th anniversary to the day of that incident that we were standing there in front of the monument. And almost as soon as we acknowledged it, we're like, oh, my God, that's weird. We weren't supposed to, Today's the 50th anniversary. Wow. Camera, boop turns on everything starts working so that was very very strange that is strange welcome to oak island you know i got the chills it was really an incredible moment can you tell us about that incident yeah um so the restalls were a family that lived on the island uh robert restall was quite a character he and his wife worked in a traveling uh you know circus type of thing where they did motorcycle stunts he was an adventurer uh an explorer um and he found out about oak island and moved there with his family. They moved into a little shack, and he just devoted his life. And unfortunately, um, while digging, he thought he found, according to his words and records, he thought he had found the flood tunnel that went into the money pit from Smith's Cove. He thought he found it and was digging to that end in that area. And unfortunately, what they believe was he was overcome with some sort of deadly gas under there. Mm-hmm. Um, his son went to rescue him. Another person went down to rescue him, and they all uh, died. 
in that in that pit on that day and I 1968 um, I believe so okay. terrible uh, terrible incident the rest all tragedy when you go to the island now there's a little plaque that you you will see in in honor of them and it was a horrible day and we've had uh, you know one of his we've had several of his descendants including his uh, daughter come onto the island and 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 you know unfortunately it's very difficult for her but but cathartic for her I think also you know to yes. see the success of the show and the, the yeah. honor that Rick and Marty pay to his memory and what they accomplished so yeah, yeah it's really nice it's validating ironic, um, Smith Cole because my, my great great grandmother from from about five miles away from there was a Smith so. see we're going to so find out you're related to something. so it's awesome. <laughs> this it's is how this works yeah, exactly. yeah, this is how this works the chess sure. piece is aligned and it's not our hand doing it yeah exactly so um, what what um, sort of equipment now is being used I understand the cameras have been sent down yeah. Yeah. Things of this kind, and the very tantalizing things have yeah. been discovered. Can you talk about uh, some of the photographic evidence from the, the Yeah. Uh, the, some of the more alluring and exciting were uh, the late now, hey, I'm not used to saying that still, late Dan Blankenship, which is really a big loss for all of us yeah. who spend time there and love Oak Island. Um, ah, man, I'm still not used to saying that. The late Dan Blankenship, I hate that. <laughs> well, <But> the <laughs> Our view is uh, there is no such thing as death because the Amen. multiverse makes it impossible. Amen. Not Amen. even for the body. So. Amen. Uh, we're all set one way or the other. But I, it's funny. I went, not to get off on a separate tangent, but I went to the funeral. And um, I haven't, st- I was on the island for the funeral, but I have yet to step foot back on the island uh, for the show, for the searching, for work uh, since his passing. So it's going to be very weird for me. It's going to be very yeah. weird for me to uh, to do that, right. to step foot on the island without yeah. post-Dan Blankenship. I haven't even thought about that till right now. So, yeah. But he, um, when he built 10X, he found 10X. Ah, here's another paranormal. Okay. Uh, he found the whole 10X, which is now very famous uh, as far as Oak Island lore. He found that by dowsing. He was trying to find a back entrance into the money pit where he believed it be, and he found it by dowsing. His dowsing rods went crazy on this one spot, so he started, he had such faith in that that he started, he built, he dug this hole himself, he undermined it, and he took old railway tanker cars, he would lower himself beneath them, literally undermine it, drop the tanker car, go down deeper, dig, 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 drop another tanker car. He was almost killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had to be pulled up by his son that crushed around him, but he sent a camera down there in the 70s, I believe, and he has. I've sat with him, and he's shown me this footage. We we aired it. We aired part of it on a drilling down special, and he believes he saw a human body. He believes he saw a hand. Uh, he believes he saw ancient equipment, tools. Not ancient, but old equipment and tools, uh, and also the outline of a chest. And uh, an underwater camera guy came on in like season three or four, and also believed he clearly saw the outline of a human body. Uh, we sent a diver down 10x that season. Later that season, and um, I believe it was uh, was it Robert Abbott, uh, and he could not see. He had zero visibility. Could not see his hand in front of his face, and felt around the bottom and felt n- none of these anomalies. But that doesn't mean they weren't there, and it doesn't mean they're not there. Um, cameras are tricky on Oak Island because again, you're between 
100 to 220 feet down, depending on where you are, yeah. um, and, and the silt and muck. And as soon as you find something, it disappears, i.e., um, in Charles Barkhouse's, they let everyone on the team, not everyone, but they let members of the team pick a place to dig. Charles Barkhouse picked H8, and, of course, they find this shiny, shimmery gold object. Hmm. It was featured on the show. It was right there, definitely gold, definitely shiny disappeared as soon as they found it they could not find it again but they've pulled out interesting things out of h8 by the way interesting and, and uh, what what is h8 I mean, uh, that's a whole that's just what they called one of the uh, like so we're standing in this picture we're standing okay. on a caisson uh hole uh to dig to try to find the so as an archaeological dig you'd have correct this, uh, correct yeah marked. so okay. uh, now interesting i didn't even mention this i didn't even mention this but uh I, in all the finds how could i neglect this uh, the human bones that this team has found uh, significantly, um, last season, uh, human bones, um, one dated, uh, well, excuse me, one from Europe and one from the Middle East. And Middle East? Yes. <laughs> so add that to the list of yeah. why they're human bones down deep, where they found parchment, where they found book binding, potentially. I mean... How old were these bones? They're old. Uh, we're, I, I, I need to find out definitively the date on that but okay. we believe they're well, we'll, old. we'll do sequels to yeah, this yeah yeah, yeah showing yeah. over yet yeah. but I don't I'm, I'm very uncomfortable because those dates come with ranges yeah so I get excited and I say they're very old but the range is such that you have to be careful you know oh, you're right now, you we don't like, like to speculate to a thousand years old which is like a big difference a big yeah, difference yeah. right um, but yeah, they, we'd rather be sure before we met put it this way they're not postmodern they're not 50 years old because okay. by the way if they were you've got a homicide scene in your head you have to exactly. shut down operations so, that's right yeah, yeah that's so right. they're old they're old, and one is Middle Eastern, which again, well, th- there were there was a lot of give and take, as as we've been saying, and Middle Easterners did serve in European crews and vice versa, and True. things. You know, I mean, we're not talking Sinbad the Sailor here, but right. I mean, you know, I mean, who knows? But so, I mean, hundred, it's, it's not keep in mind, it's a hundred. Uh, that was. One oh, no, the pottery was one ninety. I think those were found at like one sixty, one hundred sixty feet underground. That's that's a way. Yeah, that's a way. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So it sounds like uh, rather than more answers, it's sort of just more questions, right? That's Which is a, a typical situation. Uh, we in, always in say, "Welcome to Oak Island." Another question. Another. Yeah. Another. You know, I think you know, some part of you wants to stop. You know, I think you know. Yeah. It's like God, this is so frustrating. It's so, and then you find something. It's like, well, we can't stop now. <laughs> it's another question that needs to be yeah. answered. It's the maddening and wonderful thing about Oak It's the essence of the human nature. It's almost as Amen. It's like yeah. conscious and like knows like you're, ju- you're just like like I'm I'm just around the bend. Yes, it like shows you something there. that takes it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's, it's also the essence of reality shows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sense, you know yeah. What, what's going to be found next. Yep. May I ask who is financing all this at this point, or can you say? Uh, you know, I, I, I could. It's something that I try not to get into because I've never asked. No, you don't have to. No, no. Yeah. But I can tell you this: like, I, you know, Marty is you know very successful businessman. There's no secret of that. I would yeah. I would remind everyone that. They were on the island before the TV show came along. He bought the island, and they were digging on the island. Mm-hmm. This is their 10th year, I think, or 11th, and the show's only seven years. Yeah. So yeah. they were financing everything. I think now with the success of the show, it just makes logical sense that deals are made, and you mm-hmm. know everyone shares in the piece. And I think Marty has a limit. He's talked about this in public, so I'm not giving... I just don't like to speak for his finances. Oh, of course not. Yeah. But he, he does have a line. Yeah. You know, he's okay. all right. There comes a day, and there comes a moment where I say, all right, how many million to do this? Uh, we're good. <laughs> you yeah. know, that type of thing. So yeah. It's it's a team effort. Okay. Um, why don't we, at this point, before we burn up the hour, 
uh, tell us where people can find out more. Website, what, you know, the show, yeah. anything you want. Yeah, well, we're on History Channel. We're coming back for Season 7 this fall. Date hasn't been announced yet, but it's always pretty much the same time frame. So if you're a fan of the show, um, and, and you can find the show on History Channel's website. Uh, there's clips of the show. There's a- episodes you can access. Uh, my show, Drilling Down... Is, and I'm not just saying this because it's my show. Um, <laughs> it's a wonderful resource if you are a latecomer to the show because every episode I do, it's basically a recap. We really recap everything that's happened to this point and then we get into what's new. So it's a great quick way to kind of cliff notes the show. Uh, just search drilling down on mm. either on demand or on your history channel.com. Um, and you can find me on all the social media. I'm at the Matty Blake with two T's at the Matty Blake. Okay, very good. And I have to second what you said because I, I have very little time for television. I don't, but I, I make sure we do watch the uh, Chris Volk Island sometimes and your show, and especially as you, this day approaches for your appearance with us today on our 800th show here. And um, it was uh, it's 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 good stuff. I mean, I just I, and I, I'm I'm hard to please. And I like accuracy and yeah. that sort of thing. And uh, as they go, I think it's really pretty good. Thank you. Really thank is. you very so, much. It's, right. it's a lot of information. We've got to get out there quick, so thank you. Okay. Now, uh, I suppose the legal questions can mm-hmm. have some relevance here occasionally. Now, I've known people in the Canadian government. All right? Yeah. They're a lot more flexible than the American government, but it's a government. Yep. You know. Uh, what happens if you really do find some sort of treasure trove here? I mean, uh, you, you don't expect them to to swoop in and, and claim it somehow, or there'll be, you know, uh, 200 years of lawsuits or something? You know? I had access, uh, I, I got to see a little bit and uh, about the Treasure Trove Act, the the agreement that the Laginas have with the That's government. That's what I'm thinking of, yeah. And, and let me say that the government has been really wonderful. I mean, they've they've done things, when, when the team has mentioned it in a war room of what they're planning to do, I've sat there going like, they're never going to let you do this, they're never going to let you do this, and then they do. Um, I would say this, I, I'm not a lawyer, but from what I understand, um, the government is actually more worried about archaeological finds. So if they did pull up a treasure, the brothers would be able to keep that. Okay. The government cares less about vast money and rubies and tre- as they do if they, for example, come up on an old grave site or a foundation of what could be a house. That's when the government gets real strict. And or environmental concerns, they get real yes. strict. Yeah, that rings a bell from what I know about the Canadian okay, government. Yes. And so Nova that, Scotia government, too. Right. So They're a bunch of sweethearts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they really are. I mean, when you yeah. go through customs, it's like... Welcome home, Maddie. <laughs> like, welcome home, customs officer. <laughs> I don't even know who you are. <laughs> it's really a different, it's a wonderful place. Yeah, they, they can be sweet. Uh, uh, we hope to get up there before the end of the year, as a matter of fact, see our, our family. Uh, but anyway, uh, what um, is the next step? I mean, you just keep going, or, or is, is there a plan? Uh, where does it go from here? I'm receiving intel, like now. I'm about to leave Monday for my next trip. Um, and that is all honestly being um, worked out right now for season seven. Where do we go next? They're digging mm-hmm. right now as we speak. Um, but the full plan has yet to be realized. Uh, they're still processing. If you, if anyone out there watched the one-hour season finale that I hosted, <clears throat> we got seismic testing results. You ask about technology. Mm. These guys went into the swamp, and uh, they basically let off blasts, controlled blasts, uh, dynamite blasts and then measured those seismic uh, waves came up with imaging and found an anomaly in the swamp so that is going to have to be addressed and somehow an, an anomaly uh, yeah a, a without giving too much away yeah no it's fine yeah. we talked about it on the special um i 
I probably got overexcited and yelled out that it looked like a ship. <laughs> yeah. But the people from Eagle Canada agreed. They like it kind of looks like a ship. Yeah, it kind of did. Right? Yeah. Uh, so I, that's my job in a way to kind of just go there because that's what I do. Yeah. But um, uh, that has to be explored because they can't explain what that is. It's, it's, it's an image that they're finding on their seismic data that mm. is unexplainable. And it's in the swamp. And let me just talk about the swamp real quick. Sure. Um, the swamp, many people believe, is man-made. When you look at it from the air, it's the perfect shape of a triangle, which doesn't happen much in nature. No. It can, but it doesn't happen a lot. Um, and people believe that it was man-made. One of the theories being it looks like a perfect little place to drive a ship into, sink it with swamp water, and then just leave it there for all time if you're trying to hide something. So uh, I know uh, Mr. Nolan believed that, and he found parts of a ship in the swamp mm-hmm. uh, this team the Lagina team uh, on the show season 2 I believe or 3 found a guy named Jack Bagley member of the team found a huge plank which we believe is probably a sh- looks like it could belong on a ship a very mm-hmm. old ship long weird piece of wood that doesn't occur in nature you know uh, also not prefab it ain't from Home Depot it's just a huge long plank piece of wood in the swamp yeah. so when you see an anomaly like that you go wait a second so um, this team is going to have to address that definitely this season coming up. So I can't wait to get there Monday and see what they've done. Oh, cool. Yeah. So here's a question. Um, so this is if 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 the conspiracy theories are correct and this is a Templar site, have you ever had any sort of visitations from like I don't know? I guess the the best sort of cor- correlative like you know figure would be um, you know like Men in Black. Yeah. Or something like that. Oh, so somebody. Uh, yeah, you, you were out of the room when someone wrote in a question <laughs> yeah. about oh, that. Really? Isn't that funny? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's I, a good question. Well, yeah. I, not like Men in Black per se, but I mean, you know, sites like this tend to get bothered, you know, yeah. whether they claim their government, military, something like that. Right. And, um, you know, maybe if, the, if since the Templars have a, a very thin correlation with the modern day Masons, yeah. if you believe conspiracy theories, um, is, have you ever had any, any sort of hasslings, anything like that? I get some weird stuff online. Um, don't we all? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but never anything in person. Um, some spiritual stuff, I would say. Some stuff that isn't, um, you know, where I've felt a little unprotected at times, you know. Um, and I always wear this everywhere I go. <laughs> uh, so okay. yeah, yeah. So I, I uh, you know, I'm a person of faith, so I, I have those. I'm very careful um, with that type of stuff. I, I think it is part of the story. I do. And so I'm hmm. very I'm very cautious of that. But no, I've never been approached by any shadowy figure or anything like okay. that. But I have got some weird things online which I've had to address. Uh, All right. I mean, makes you feel any better. My wife got a handwritten letter that just said from a friend, and it was really creepy. It was <laughs> what? Ugh. Yeah, it was really weird. It was a little, yeah, it was a little some, weird. There's some people out there. you got to be careful. Uh, yeah. yeah, a lot of people are. Yeah, a little weird. Well, uh, one of them presumably is not uh, Jenny from, of all places, Nova Scotia, who ah. wants... Who wants to know, and you've kind of answered this in a, in a way since this came in, uh, what other areas on the island besides the pit, or even off the island, you know, have you investigated as relative to the, the case, she says? Yeah, um, Smith's Cove was a big one last season. They drained it, and they found all kinds of anomalies. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Blankenship, Dan Blankenship, found what they call the U-shaped structure, and they were trying to find that again, hoping it would lead to the to the legendary fingered box drains that they believe were built to flood the money pit. Mm -hmm. And in efforts of finding that, they uncovered like 10 anomalies, Uh, a cement wall at one point, like just kind of weird things that no one knows what the heck they're doing. And I remember a couple of the engineering guys who were on site going like, 
I couldn't build this in this muck with my modern day cat equipment. Like I don't know who did this and, and a, a plank walkway, you know, just like crazy stuff. Mm. So Smith's Cove is huge. Uh, Money Pit's always going to be part of the search. I just believe that the aforementioned swamp anomaly, anomaly is going to have to be addressed. Um, I also teased this at the end of last season. They're definitely going to follow up on it. Some underwater offshore anomalies that they believe are there that might be a part of the puzzle that Gary Drayton and Tony Sampson are looking into um, to try to see if there's anything underwater offshore that might be pointing to something on island. I was actually going to ask that, too. Yeah. Because if they were, if they were hiding something... That, that would suggest that there would be somebody on their tail mm-hmm. that would be, you know, trying to find whatever is there. Mm-hmm. So, that, that yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, mm. so that's exciting, too. And then everyone keeps asking about the uh, uh, Apple Island is an, ap- is an island just off Oak Island. You, it's right there. Mm-hmm. And some people believe there might be some sort of connection to that, that maybe even Oak Island's a decoy and that the treasure's really on Apple Island, for yeah. example. Just one theory. Just one theory. Um, I think the team is trying to secure permitting to maybe look a little bit on Apple Island, too. Okay. One of the, th- I suppose, a very basic question that may or not may or may not be asked very frequently is what exactly was somebody trying to protect? Now, money... I mean, you you can hide money pretty much anywhere. I mean, Captain Kidd could tell you that. You know, supposedly in the islands of Narragansett Bay yeah, but it here. Yeah, they went through a lot of trouble. You wonder if it's not something more. And Matty hit on it earlier in the show when he said something spiritual may be involved here. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the question arises when you have the Templars, if that's who it was, the Holy Grail, yeah. which everybody has pretty much believed is um, I, I, the cup Jesus used at the Last Supper. However... Uh, the Enos are kind of strange because we descend from a lot of the people up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the bedtime stories I heard were not uh, the little engine that could and tug- Tuffy the tugboat. Uh, my father would tell me stories of the Holy Grail and the Knights Templar yeah. and the stories that had come down in our family, mm. which has a very weird history. And uh, if these stories were in any way accurate, um, the... And I almost fell over when I read uh, Biaget's book and uh, Lincoln's book, uh, the what was it, Holy Blood, Holy Grail, back yeah, in Holy Blood, the seventies. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Holy mackerel! Some of this stuff, any of it was, was what I heard from my father. And they didn't get into, you know, uh, Mary Magdalene and the thing. Right. But I was a very troublesome questioner in the seminary, and I would ask, <laughs> and I was still in, in the high school, and I said, Father, if if Christ was truly God and truly man, in the, as the doctrine says, wouldn't he have had kids? Yeah, of course not. You know, yeah, kind of answers that. Yeah, yeah. Out of hand. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I mean, but who knows about all this? But yeah. could there be something of again great spiritual significance, such as uh, the um, something related to that? Yeah. Even even if documents uh, about uh, any bloodlines, the bloodline of the Merovingian kings, or any of this stuff, could that be what they're trying to well, protect? Well, this was after the sacking of Constantinople, correct? Well, we, we we don't really know ah, because okay, that was well, twelve. Well, I'm trying to remember when the when the Templars were expelled from Europe. That was, it was twelve. Twelve oh four was the second. Yeah, and, and the Templars were expelled because they got too powerful and too rich yeah. for the ecclesiastical powers yeah. that, that were, and they were thrown the heck out. And yeah. A lot of them were killed. Killed and, on uh, Valentine's Day, right? Uh, uh, well, it was Friday the thirteenth. Friday the thirteenth. Excuse me. Yeah, Friday exactly. 13th, yeah, which is where triskaidekaphobia comes. Yeah, from. right. And I, something I learned this year that I didn't know is the whole jo- Jolly Roger connection. I don't know if you did with the skull of John the Baptist. Have you heard that at all? Uh, no. No, So actually. Okay, so when you find Middle Eastern bones <laughs> yeah. on Oak Island at 168 feet or whatever it was, um, 
people start researching and digging and uh, what could this be? Mm-hmm. Could it be the remains of someone very important mixed in with those parchment and those books, um, documents, important documents? One of the things that I found out was uh, through the show is that this Jolly Roger, the famous old skull and crossbones, actually does connect to the Templars and that it was a symbol of the head of John the Baptist. Yeah. Mm. And so I'm not saying anything, but I'm just saying when you pull up Middle Eastern bones that are very old it, and you have Templar and you have Jolly Roger and it just gets very your mind going. Yeah. So as we say, just more questions. Could be a gravesite. Yep, exactly. Right? Could be a burial of yep. someone very important. Yes, yeah, possibly. Well, I'm afraid we'll have to leave it there, um, and we uh, will continue with our announcements. But um, I just am fascinated. Give us, give us your uh, website one more time, if you would. Uh, you can find me on. All, you can go to history, you know, history.com for the show, um, and I'm on social media at the Matty Blake, M-A-T-T-Y-B-L-A-K-E, and I'm always dropping behind the scenes little videos and photos yeah. and all that. So at the Matty Blake. Maddie, I don't even know what to say. But this is for our 800th show. This was absolutely, absolutely. Congratulations, yeah. by the way, guys. Thank you. Amazing oh, thank accomplishment. You. Thank you very much. And we did it together. That's the thing. Amen. All right. So uh, we're still working to restore. It's not all uh, wine and roses here either, though, Maddie. Uh, we're still working to restore 11 plus years of recorded shows after a serious cyber attack on our show website, and we're back to most of 2012 at this point. We know a lot of people like to listen to those, so thanks for your patience. Uh, the site was attacked mysteriously as I tried to upload uh, stills from the uh, UFO sighting that we uh, got on video in May. So, what do we got there, Ben? So, on Tuesday, July 16th, uh, my dad and hopefully I will be at the uh, Linfield Public Library in Linfield, Massachusetts to speak about UFOs, mostly local cases, and that will be at 6.30 p.m., uh, details on the public events page at rbehindtheparanormal.com. On Tuesday, August 6th at 7 p.m., we'll be at the Nashville Public Library in Nashville, New Hampshire, to present a program entitled Extreme UFO Encounters in New Hampshire and Beyond. And right after that, on Saturday, August 17th at 2 p.m., uh, we will be at the Haverhill Public Library in Haverhill, Massachusetts to present on Extreme UFO Encounters in Massachusetts and Beyond. Uh, my book, Dancing Past the Graveyard, Poltergeists, Parasites, Parallel Worlds, and God, will be released on August 28th. We'll be in stores after that, and we'll feature it at all our fall events. It's available for pre-order on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and all the other online retailers. The official release event will take place with our good friends at the Toadstool Bookshop in Keene, New Hampshire, on Saturday, the 21st of September, beginning at 2 p.m. And uh, before that, we will be at the 2019 Exeter UFO Festival, where we will speak for the eighth year in a row, uh, as well as do our fourth annual live broadcast from the show with a panel of speakers on Sunday, September 1st, from the historic Exeter, New Hampshire Town Hall. Uh, This great event is sponsored by the Exeter Area Kiwanis Club to benefit local children's charities. Uh, Other events this fall will take place at the Book Club Bookstore in South Windsor, Connecticut, Book Lovers Gourmet in Webster, Mass., and the Blackstone Library, both right here in our home listening area. And, of course, the Greater New England UFO Conference in Lemonster, Massachusetts, on Columbus Day weekend, where I'm told I will be the MC in honor of 50 years of work in the paranormal field. And we'll also be at the Tewksbury Mass Public Library in Mount Hope Farm in Bristol, Rhode Island, in October, and we will be busy for the rest of this year. Next April... We'll be back at the New England Parafest in Kittery, Maine. More details as we go. And uh, you can get our books, including Behind the Paranormal, Everything You Know is Wrong, and Behind the Paranormal 2, Bigfoot, Mothman, and Monsters You Never Heard of. 
they're available from online retailers and in some stores. But for autographed copies, you can uh, visit our online bookstore uh, at BehindTheParanormal.com. Okay. Uh, also at BehindTheParanormal.com, you can find out more about the show, our many cases over the years, public appearances, how to book us. And you'll find that once we get them all restored, uh, over 850 free recorded shows. And they're all over. We're uh, disseminating those by podcast now, and the uh, results have been pretty amazing. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> that includes our 11-plus years on the air, including our four-and-a-half-year run on CBS Radio, along with special shows and podcasts. And there are links to our charities that we've adopted on the show on our website. That's USA Cares, Canadian Veterans Advocacy, Helping Haiti's Orphan, Orphans, and uh, Youth Mentoring Connection in Los Angeles, the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America, and the Sisterhood of Ground Zero. So it's cooking for next week, Ben. So next week, uh, we'll be talking about some pretty terrifying paranormal experiences in Asia with... Adele Casales Rocha. And we'll leave you this afternoon with a pithy thought from person or persons unknown. Not being dead does not mean being alive. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno. And thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey. And we shall see you behind the paranormal. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal.